0: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
1: Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. My guest today is Neil Woodson. Neil has written a new leadership book called The Uncomplicated Coach, where he lays out a simple method to become a better leader. This method involves asking specific questions to your team members. As a leader, I've learned over the years that it's more important to ask the right questions than to have the right answers. This book contains those questions, so I'm excited to talk to Neil about his new book. So, are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Neil Woodson. Neil has more than 30 years of leadership experience across a wide range of environments, including restaurants, retail, education, and the event technology industry. He is the author of a new book called The Uncomplicated Coach. This is a leadership book written for busy managers and leaders of organizations who are frustrated with low employee engagement. Neil also recently wrote an article that caught my attention. The title of the article was, When Putting Your People Last is a Good Thing. This is all about how some companies are treating employees during this pandemic, and I wanted to talk to him more about this article. So I'm excited to get his take about how leaders should be leading in times like this. So Neil, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, John. It's great to to be here. So tell me a little bit about how you got into leadership. How did you end up uh,
0: you know, being in this strange world of leading people? That's a, that's a very loaded question. <laughs> um, I think leadership is one thing. Uh, a title is another. Okay. And I was put into a leadership position, a title of leadership, about 20-odd years ago. Um, where I was leading a team in a hotel environment. And I think the whole idea of leadership has been an evolution. It's not something that, you know, one day I was like, okay, you got your manager hat and now you're a leader. It was more, I got my manager hat and I had to learn to be a leader. Mm. I had to learn some things and kind of get beat up and slapped around a little bit before I figured out that the biggest thing was leadership is not about me. Mm. leadership is about everybody else leadership about moving if i want to get people somewhere i've got to help them get there mm. and and to me that's one of the biggest the biggest things uh, about leadership overall is that if you're not leading people to something you're not leading so right so it's an evolution and i and i i feel like um you know working with a team and then working with a bigger team. And then I got into a a training role in the company where I work. And, and um, I think I found what I wanted to do by doing that. You know, I got, uh, I felt like this is my purpose. It's to help people have a voice. Right. Hmm. And I've kind of parlayed that over the years into something bigger. And that's to help people have better workplace life and better customer life and better life overall. And you do that by giving them a voice. So, you know, once you kind of find something that you're leading people to, that's when you really feel like, you know, okay, I know what leadership is and what I'm trying to do. So
1: Mm, mm. it's interesting too, because I think some people don't make that transition. They're given a manager's title and they, um, you know, they're given the corner office or they're giving a nicer office and they say, okay, now go be a manager. And they never make that transition into leadership. They, 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 you know, they go back to doing their emails or doing whatever job they had before that they were good at, like engineering or quality or what have you. But they never make that transition into what you just said, which is actually leading people in a certain direction towards a certain objective. And they never actually become that leader. So it's interesting that you, that you actually
0: did make that transition. And it was, well, a, was it quickly or was it over time? It was over time. It was years, in fact. And it's still evolving you know i still have moments where i think you know am i really leading people and then you 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 turn around and you have people that actually follow you and listen to things that you say and then come back to you and ask you questions and challenge you and and but once you're once you coaching or once your mentorship um and you realize yes i'm leading and so i need to be a good steward mm. um you know and that it's a responsibility leadership is a choice and a responsibility and that's i think that's something i think a lot of people miss Hmm. it's not right. just a whole bunch of tasks that you check off on a list and say, well, I'm the leader of my organization. Well, you might be quote unquote, but you're not leading anybody to anything. Right. You're not making right. them better than they ever thought they could be, which I think is the, the real goal of leadership.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I like what you said early on, too, is that it's not about you anymore, right? It's about, it's about the team. It's about the objective. It's about leading them properly to getting to, be, to get a place where they've never been before or they didn't think was possible. And, uh, well, and, and
0: when you think about the great names of leadership, you know, and, and, and certain names come up, people like Gandhi or, or, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. And so we, if we use, let's say we use Martin Luther King Jr. As, a, as an example, it really wasn't about him. He never talked about himself. He always talked about what was the vision? Mm. What was it that he was trying to get to? You know, he even said, I won't get there. I probably won't make it. Mm. But I want you to get there so it wasn't about him it was about everybody else it was about all of us and to me that's a you know a, a shiny example of what leaders need to really be doing that's great i think sometimes
1: that you know especially I, I did 22 years in corporate america and sometimes you saw leaders becoming or managers becoming or getting into leadership for the reason of of they got the fancy title, they got the corner office, they got a company car, they got all the perks that went along with uh, being in that role, being a vice president or senior vice president or president, but yet they didn't have the passion for leading people. They just wanted the perks. They wanted the uh, the things that came along with the job. And I think everybody in the organization recognized those people, that they were just in it for themselves and they weren't in it for... For the purpose or the vision, and you know the mission of the of the organization. So I think if you are not in it, if you're just in it for yourself,
0: everybody knows it. Everybody sees it. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, years ago, we we were kind of, I had a conversation similar to this with somebody, and, and we were talking about how do, how do you know who the leader is? I said, well, here's an easy way to, for you to tell. Look around this room. Who's the person that you would follow into a burning building? Mm. Yeah. And immediately, that person said, "That guy." Yeah. Yeah, and said, why? And he gave me some reasons why. And I said, who would you never follow anywhere? Because you, you don't know where they're going to take you. I said, that guy. Yeah. So it, it, it's pretty clear cut, you know? Yeah. And, and why would you follow that one person into a burning building? Because they, they would do anything they could to save me. Mm. They would do anything they could to make sure we were successful. They would sacrifice themselves for me. Right, and that, right. Wow. Now that's real leadership. Yeah. Right? So, and and that's a nat, We naturally sense that. Right? Yeah. In, in
1: people. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: We, that's, it's it's all about trust, right? So right. much of it's about trust. Yeah. You know. So, but I, I mean, I don't want to throw myself up on that level, but I'm saying these are things that you learn. You know, we're, we learn over time, and hopefully, like I said, we evolve, and you begin to see that, you know, just because I'm a manager doesn't make me a leader. That's, that's something correct. very different. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people who are leaders who aren't managers.
1: Yes. Yes. That's great. You know, it's really leadership is not about a job title. And I think you're, I think you hit it. And, uh, and I think that, um, yeah, when you recognize that, it's not about a title. It's about it's about what you're doing. Yeah, it's an action word, right? Leading people, it's an action. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, I think that uh, once you recognize that. But I, as you said, I, and I agree with you, I'm 30 years in the leadership journey, and I'm still learning something, uh, I was learning new things every day. That's why I love this podcast because I meet people like you, and I and you change the way I think about things. Your <laughs> article, I was like, oh oh, this is great. And so that's why I wanted to get you on the, uh, uh, get you on the show to talk about it because it blew my mind. Uh, first of all, it was a a phenomenal title. And then it really got me thinking about, uh, the role of leaders during crisis. And maybe let's make that quick transition over. So you did write this article and that's what, that's where how you and I met is you said, um, in the, the title of this article was when putting your people last is a good thing. And, um, you know, like I said, the title is fancy, fantastic. I'm saying, you know, as a leader myself, I'm like, oh, this is totally wrong. I got to read it. What is he saying? Putting people last. So t- talk about what, what you meant in that article by putting people last.
0: Well, let me begin by saying the reason I wrote the article was because I got angry. And I think I led the article with, it forgive a rant. me, but this is going to be a rant. <laughs> it was a rant. <laughs> um, and, it, and it's because I am sick and tired of Companies and executives balancing their books with people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the people are what makes up an organization, and for organizations to, as soon as things get tough, they use people and they cut people loose. Um, when there are a hundred other things you could do, um, you could get your people to come together. You could get your people to come together and sacrifice some things to help the business. So, but why are you going to ruin a whole lot of people's lives? when there's other things you could do. And that's what I meant by making them last. They should be the last on the list of things you cut. They should be the last, absolute last thing you do besides just shutting the doors. Uh, and uh, it, it really started when I read about, and I don't wanna throw this guy necessarily the bus, but the, the CEO of Airbnb, where he laid off all these people. And then you come to find out he has four billion, he's worth $4 billion. Well, couldn't he give up a couple of billion to keep those people employed? Certainly through this pandemic, which is a really tough time. It's hard to find a job, et cetera, et cetera. But no, he cuts them loose. And to me, that's just abominable, right? I mean, that's that's the stuff of scoundrels. And he really he's is not alone. It's not just him. You know, there are a lot of other people doing. It. And I know sometimes a company has to do it, but it should be the last thing you do. Mm. You know? Your people are the most important thing. Without them, you don't have a business. So, yeah, I think this is
1: really important, and I think that you're you're right. And I think what it struck me in the article is the fact that we ca- just how casually people are thrown to the side when when uh, businesses are under stress, and even businesses that have the resources to keep people engaged, right over over a certain amount of time, whether whether it's the owner itself or or the cash that exists in the business. And you know, I'm a, I'm a small startup company. I'm five years into this, and COVID hits. Well. I'm tightening my belt. We're doing everything we can to keep everybody 100% engaged. And so far, you know, knock on wood, everybody's still there since, you know, the time COVID started. And guess what? We've cut everything. I'm cutting. We're, in fact, we're even cutting the lawn ourselves around the factory because we cut, we cut our lawn care. I mean, we, we're, we've, we've cut everything we can, almost like, a, you know, the analogy of a ship. We've thrown off all the ballast. Sure, keep absolutely. To keep the ship afloat during this, this, this time during this tough time. And uh, so I think maybe when I spread your article, it really hit home personally, because I've been working, you know, overtime to make sure that my people still have jobs through this thing. And it's been, and it's hard as a small company, but these big companies are just, Oh, I'm going to let you guys go.
0: No big Well, go. I mean, think about it, John, you, you, you were in the military, you served on a ship. And if, if something was going wrong on the ship, and you needed to throw, you know, get rid of weight. Would you throw your sailors over or would you throw <laughs> other junk over first? There may have been one or two sailors. Yeah, but. right, 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 right. <laughs> but, 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 but by and large, I mean, but to me, that's what companies are doing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're throwing, it's like, you know, being on the Titanic and you got this big boat and you start throw, throwing people out so you can get in. Right, right. know, that's the stuff of scoundrels, yeah. you know. Uh, so I, I really think we need to re-examine you know what business is all about. What it's for. You know, business. In my estimation, the purpose of business is not to make a profit. Purpose of business is to help people. Yeah, that is that's, its fundamental purpose. And if you help people and do it well, you make a profit. Yes.
1: Yeah. So this is really great. You know, I, I study. I've got an MBA, right? And that's the first thing they t- teach you. And the purpose of a corporation is shareholder value. Right. And they and they preach that this is, you know, a long time ago now, but uh, but they preach that. And, you know, now the, the the longer I've been in business, the more I think that is actually not the purpose of business. Right. Uh, the purpose of the business is, like you said, to uh, create an environment so great that people will do amazing things that will take care of customers, which will create a business and create profit. And I think, I think we get it backwards. We, we start with profit first and we
0: don't start with people first. And I think that's, that's where the problem lies. Well, think about it this I, The way I think about it is this. Look, every, every business, every organization is in the business of helping people. Whether it's helping people to do something they don't want to do, to do something they don't know how to do, or to get something they don't have access to. Mm. If you're not doing those things, I don't know what you're doing as a business. Every single business is doing that stuff. They happen to make money for it, and that's where the profit can come in. But if you don't do that, other, that, that fundamental stuff right, you're not going to be around for too long. Right, exactly. Yeah. And no, that's, that's where true. I think people have missed the boat. They're put, it's like putting the cart before the horse it's like no 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 no. you've got to help people and do it really well first and all the other stuff will come right yeah
1: no that's it so i mean i don't know how many uh you know leaders have made that quote said take care of people first if you, if you take care of people that take care of your customers you take care of customers they take care of the profit and the business and and if you do that right richard branson was one of the ones that said that herb Kelleher. Think- from Herb Southwest Keller is like another yeah. good leader huh? that did that. Take care of yeah. the people first, and and uh, I think, I think we 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 miss that. So I mean, I think I think obviously as a business leader, and, and I'm in that position. You know, it's it's the mission and the people, right? And and you have to you you're really working to to accomplish both those things. And without sure. the people, you can't accomplish the mission. Without the mission, you don't need the people, right? So you, those two things work in hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And there are times when you have to cut back when there's a. You know a major issue in the industry or what have you, but you do it with kind of uh, humanely right and you do it in a way that uh, you know you know i'm I'm trying to think of situations in my career when we've had to do something like that, we made sure that people land on their feet we we provide those opportunities and try to find a way, but we don't do it casually and I think what you're you're saying in this article is that a lot of this that was very been very uh knee jerk casual we're just going to lay off all these people and we're going to move on and, and, and hold on. But I'm to going to that.
0: sit back. I'm going to sit back with my millions and smoke and smoke $50 bills. Yeah. Have, yeah. You know, have a good life. That's the stuff that it, it bothers me.
1: Yeah, yeah. You no, know? I
0: can it definitely
1: bothers me as well, especially because this particular pandemic seems like it hit, um, or, you know, this economy shrinking hit lower income people harder than higher income people and so sure. these were these were the waiters and the waitresses and the and the you know the uber drivers and these are the people that are hurt really hard by this thing and the people that have cash have sort of sat back and like well i'm just going to preserve it and then uh, i'll reengage once this thing's over so, yeah yeah i think it's uh, it's clear some people did that it's not not cool at all So let's, um, let's talk about a good thing. (laughs) I had to talk about the article. I just thought it was really well, well written and uh, I really liked it, but let's talk about your new book. I mean, you've been, uh, your book's been out for eight months now. Um, and you, you dove into the subject of leadership. You wrote a book on leadership and you did like I did. I wrote a book on leadership and there's 15,000 books already written on leadership. Mm -hmm. Why did you decide to write a book on leadership? Um,
0: because I get really tired of, of a couple things. One, I think people make things really overcomplicated. And I think they revel in that. You know, There's the 500 ways to do this or the 50 <laughs> ways to do that or the 21 laws of this or whatever. You know what? It's not that complicated. Second, I get real tired of books written by guys who, well, I've got $10 million and I'm sitting fat and happy. And I'm going to tell you that if you say the right mantra, you'll get it too. Which it doesn't happen. Right. I like things written by guys who are just regular Joes, mm-hmm. guys and gals who have done stuff, you know, who still mow their own grass. And, you know, I've got a dog and cats and, you know, all those things. and I got a mortgage. I, I value a lot of that. And so I just decided as one of those people to write a book about management and leadership and and how how can managers be better at being managers by being leaders and how coaching fits in with all that i that probably didn't come out real well but it involves all of those topics so the way you structured the book it's it's interesting
1: it's it's about um you know three questions and two conversations that's the way you you know you 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 package the book so what are those what are those questions and what are
0: those conversations? Or, or do we want to tell people to buy the book and they'll learn? All <laughs> no, of no, that? no, I don't <laughs> care. Um, in fact, if you go to my website, neilwoodson.com, you, you can dial up some stuff and you could probably figure it out. But um, it's, it's, it's based on a coaching formula that I've used in the past. It involves two conversations. Um, and in each one of them, there are three questions. And, and you build the whole thing on these three questions. First question is, what do you think? So you, you go to a team member, you say, we have this problem. What do you think the real problem is? What is it from your perspective in your role? What is, that, what is the problem? What's causing this? From there, the second question, what could you do to make it better? Not what could we do? What could the team do? What could I do? What could you do in your role to make it better? It may be some little thing. It could be as simple as I need to wipe down the counter at the cash register or whatever. Um, and then finally, the third question: How can I help you? Oh, because I think it's really, really important for for whoever the leader is, they need to be part of it. They need to to help you with it. And the how can how can I help you question kind of has two things with it. One is, I'm assuming you're going to do this, right? The second thing is, I'm in it with you, mm. and it's 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 implicit in that question are both elements, right? Then, so that's the first conversation. I call it the defining conversation because you're defining what you're going to do. Then there's something called the refining conversation. In that, we're going to keep making it better. And in that conversation, we need to assess how things are going. And that's a simple question. How's it going? Mm. How's it going with that thing you said you were going to do? And then we go right into, you know, depending on what they say. So how could you make what you're doing even better? Could it be even better? Could we add to it? Could we make some changes? Could we tweak it? And then again, how can I help you? Really simple. That's it. That's the whole formula. And there's there's some nuances to it. And that's what I get into in the book. I also talk about in the book, moving from a, a certain kind of leadership to another kind of leadership and how this coaching works in that, i.e., moving from a a leadership style of commanding and controlling and criticizing people to one where we're engaging, empowering, and encouraging people, Mm. which is what we need today. We need that kind of workplace because gone is the day when, you know, someone can walk into a store or a place of business and they'll wait for the manager. No customers will wait for managers anymore. They want somebody to answer their questions. Mm. And the only way we do that is by empowering people to do it. So, uh, people joke with me and they say, "Neil, you always talk about making mini-me's, right?" And and, and to a certain degree, that's what leaders have to do. You've got to make you know people that think and do the way you think and do. If you want if you want the questions answered and the things done a certain way, we well, okay, you got to create not robots, but people who have some thought processes similar to you. Yeah, it's really interesting. so. It's really interesting.
1: I, I want just to stop you real quick there. Um, I had just tweeted something out uh, last few days. I've been thinking about this idea of, um, you know, just it kind of ties into what you're saying is that um, we don't have to have as leaders, I said, we don't have to have all the answers, but what we do have to have is the right questions. And you are saying exactly that, you know, are you, and the way you engage employees, where the they internalize the situation is by Asking their opinions about it and getting them involved in it, and and seeing what how they see the problem versus you telling them uh, how the problem because is.
0: I probably don't know, John. That's it. That's you know it. what? Who knows more about what's going on on the front line than the guy on the front line? Yes. Yeah. The guy. You know who knows more about what's going on on the factory floor than the people who are on the factory floor? And in fact, they probably know what will fix the things that are wrong. Mm. They know all the things that are wrong. And they also know things that will fix it. Right. And sometimes right. they know things that will fix it cost effectively.
1: Right. Better than we would ever. Better than,
0: than the manager would. Yeah. Right. And we miss opportunities when we don't allow for that. But we're also missing an opportunity for engaging those people in the work. Because when you go through this process, these, the people you're talking to become owners. They become owners of the solutions. And when they become owners of the solutions, they want to see it through. They want to see it happen. Mm,
1: they've right? internalized it, so they've Absolutely. internalized uh, the this situation. They've because it's their it's their solution to the problem. You've empowered them to solve the problem, right? Now they own it, right? And they want to see it through. And the other thing, you you know, I I don't know if you you I'm sure you're gonna touch on this too, but you've also said to them, you know, kind of you're also saying. You're important to me. Your ideas matter. I care about your opinion. Like, Absolutely. How many places do we hear about people where they feel like their opinions don't matter and people don't listen to me, right? That's one of the biggest complaints and reasons why people leave companies because man- management never listens, right? You're saying get out there and ask the questions and then sit back and listen
0: to the answers. Absolutely. Right? And, wow. and get people involved. Be inclusive. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors.
1: Deep leadership is brought to you by Strikeforce Energy. Strikeforce Energy is a veteran-owned company founded by a Navy SEAL, and their products are all made in the USA. Strikeforce Energy is a liquid flavor pack that you can add into any beverage. It has zero calories, zero carbs, and zero sugar. Each pack contains eighty milligrams of caffeine. Strikeforce Energy is offering a discount to all the listeners of Deep Leadership. Go to strikeforceenergy.com and enter the discount code I Have the Watch, one word, for a twenty percent discount on every order. Deep Leadership is also brought to you by my Amazon best-selling book, I Have the Watch: Becoming a Leader Worth Following. This book is filled with twenty-three short stories on how you can become a more effective leader. It's super easy to read, and most people finish it in less than two hours. Go to ihavethewatch.com and click the large orange button for signed copies. Enter the discount code I have the watch, one word, at checkout for 20% off your order, and domestic shipping is always free.
0: Called radical, radical inclusion. inclusion. Yes, I've heard of this by Martin Dempsey. Yes, former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and Ori Brothman, who is a, a, a college professor. It's about it's radical inclusion. I picked it up because I love the title. I said radical inclusion. That's I'm all about that because mm. that's really a lot about what my book's about. It's about including people in the operation. Well, there's a great story in here where uh, a commander, a general, lands in a helicopter talks to some of the troops and he asks one of the, one of the uh, sergeants or a, maybe it was a, a lieutenant or something. Anyway, he asks him, what are the problems? And the guy says, well, you don't really want to hear what I've got to say. He said, yes, I do. And the guy lays it out for him and he finds some of the most valuable stuff in what that guy says. Mm. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing um, in that story, but it's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, You involve your people in one, you learn more about your operation than you ever knew. You also find out who the really super talented people are that you have. And maybe you find more value in the people that you have. Right. And third, now you have a team who wants to come to work because they want to see their ideas come to fruition. They want mm. to see success. You, now you're building a great place to work. How do you think that's going to impact your customers?
1: Yeah, right. Sure. Yeah. They're going to like it. I mean, they can see it. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to sense it, you know, um, you know, Southwest Airlines, uh, you know, uh, flight attendants singing songs over the you know microphone, right? I mean, you, you know, they can tell that they're enjoying what they do and they're allowed to do what they do.
0: You know? And I, I saw it in my own career. Um, I saw when I did this kind of stuff with my team, I saw how it changed them. And I saw it, how it turned us into, and I, I joke around that, the teams that I led at the, those times, we were like a band of brothers. Um, and there were, I had women and men in my, on my teams, but we were a band that we, we, and we worked together. We had each other's backs and we cared about, we truly cared about each other. I think that's some of the critical stuff that we need in the workplace. Um, I, I I just read a, a book by Steve Farber um, called uh, love is just damn good business. Mm. And You know, he talks about the fact. I've seen Steve speak before, and he talks about the fact that love is is a word, it's a dirty word in business. We don't talk about love, that's not supposed to be a business. But you know what? It's one of the most fundamental human emotions. And if you don't love your employees and your employees don't love your customers, we got problems. Yeah. yeah. And Donald, I, Miller,
1: Donald, Donald, Donald Miller said the same thing. He said, uh, great leaders are not afraid to love their teams. And I, I I've actually got that in my, uh, my book, a uh, little bit about what Donald Miller has to say, because I do agree with that. So, and the thing is, I think we were talking about earlier about people who are managers versus leaders, the people that I, I always say, if you don't like people, don't get into leadership because leadership's a people business. This is all about people and relationships and, and, and getting to know what makes your team members tick. And if you don't, if, if that bothers you, right. If you don't want to deal with the problems and the issues and the challenges and the, then, then get out of the leadership business because it's all about people and, and people are messy. Right. And, and, uh, and to me, that's, to me, that's wonderful. I, I love the fact that people are messy, but, but, but each person is very unique and they're bringing something very valuable to the team. And you've got to tap into that. And if you miss it, you miss out on what the potential is for you them. miss Put opportunities.
0: In- and, and, yeah. and, and I, you know, I know let, if we talk about right now, you know, right now we're in a weird period a weird time. And we look at what, what, do, what do leaders need to do today? You know, it's particularly right now in this time. And I think some key leadership things that need to be happening right now are more listening. Leaders really need to listen because there's a lot of people in some pain. There's a lot of people struggling and anxious and worried and scared, you know? Mm, yeah, and true there's also a lot of joy. I mean, there's still the, a lot of the joys of life are still there. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, there's no joy in the world, but there's a lot of anxiety and, and fear. And I think people in, in, in leadership roles today need to really listen. And they need to trust their people. You know, I, I struggled when, you know, the whole pandemic thing and the lockdowns and all that. And, it, and, and you saw all these articles about, you know, working from home and how to manage people working from home and all that. I was like, it's pretty simple. You trust them. Yeah, you just yeah. trust them to get their work done, and and I even had a friend who asked me. He said, "So, so what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to know if my people are working?" I said, "It's pretty simple. Are, are there results?"
1: Yeah, yeah. If no, there's no results, the yeah, need to have a
0: conversation.
1: Yeah, it's it's about the hours they put in. No, it's not. It's no, about it's the not. results. Yeah, it's always been about the results. And there's and you're right. I think there are some leaders that, uh, or I would say managers that don't know how to lead their people because they care only about the. You know the hours they're coming in, and, right. and uh, versus what they're getting done, and I think you're right, and and I think I think you're 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 spot on in terms of listening, being empathetic, being flexible, because everybody's going through a, ch- a challenging time, and change is really difficult for people. And if we're not flexible, and we're patient, uh, and also present, then we're going to miss out on how we can help our team members be fully, you know, fully productive during this
0: time. Well, and, and you might have some people who are in trouble. Mm-hmm. And who really need help? Well, I mean, I don't know anybody that wants to see people in trouble. You know, it might be the time that you need to be lending that helping hand, to be that person that listens and says, yeah. you know what, you need to take the day off tomorrow and go, you know, do whatever you got to do. But we're in a weird time. And yeah. I, I think this is a great time to lead. This is a great time where leaders really do step up. Yeah. I said it. Uh, I was on a
1: podcast this morning, uh, and I said, mentioned it on a, a naval analogy. When um, when the seas are calm, anybody can have the helm, right? And it's uh, you know steer the steer the boat in that direction. You right. got it, right? But when the storm comes and the crew is afraid, what do they want? They want the leader. They want the most experienced uh, sailor on the helm and to guide that ship into a safe port and that's what we have right now we have a storm and i think i think our people are looking to us to say you know are you going to help guide us into that uh port what is but
0: how are we going to deal with this but i think there's opportunities too there for leaders to say hey we're in a storm you're the best guy at at radar I want you to sit right here and we're going to talk constantly and yeah. I want to hear your opinion on what's going on. Yeah. yeah. That's a sign of great leadership. Yes. too yeah. knowing who the talented folks are who do the, the, this is their thing. This is what they know. And you put them in position where they become a leader. And I talk about that in my book. I talk about a concept called team of leaders where uh, the, the, the leader who has the leader hat is really more of a facilitator. Mm. You're the person who pulls the talents and puts them in the right place at the right time so that those people can lead when it's their when when their talent needs to be at the fore. Right, right. And, and and I'm sure you experience that on a ship. and And I know in all kinds of different jobs, you have that opportunity to pull people and say, you know what, this is when we need the marketing guy and you're going to lead. Mm. Oh, we don't need you so much now. Now we need the... Uh, artistic guy he's going to help lead us and Mm. and you put those people in the role so that at the right time in the project they're leading they're Mm -hmm. they're making it better right Mm. i think it's great yeah i love that um and you know it's a little bit like uh
1: you know i I use the analogy uh of, of my my employees like a seal team like we 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 together um we each have similar skill sets but each of us are are skilled in one particular area more than the other. And so in a SEAL team, well, when you, okay, we got to blow up a bridge. Where's our explosive guy, right? He's the guy that they want, uh, that he's going to run this part of the operation. Oh, we got a guy down, right? We need medic. Who's the, who's our medic on the team? That's, that's his time to step up. And I feel like the team, you know, my company, we have that, we're all very good together, but we all have expertise that when called upon, that's when we step up. That's when we go in. So, uh, and I think that's uh, similar to like a SEAL team, where you have certain experts, you know, and you want to, you know, you want those people to be in charge during certain times
0: of the operation. But can you imagine a SEAL team where only one guy made every decision? It wouldn't happen. It doesn't happen. No, yeah. But but it does in business. Yeah, no, it, it does. does in they try places yeah, all over yeah. the place. Yeah, they try yeah. to command and control from the corner office. And, yeah. and so, what happens to all those people? that are sitting out in the cubicles and out in the office. That they're miserable. Yeah. They're disengaged and they're looking for a job. <laughs> I'm looking for another job. Right. Yeah. I'm looking for, but, and they don't even know what they're looking for. Mm. You know, um, But we need, we need better leaders. We need more leaders. We need people to step up. And, and I agree. I agree. So, um,
1: what do you say? I mean, um, we're just looking at the time. Uh, I want to ask you one question I've been asking all of my
0: guests So, what are some characteristics of a great leader? So what makes a great leader? Well, I, I would say, and, and I, I've actually got an ebook on my website about this about, okay. but, um, there are three things that I see. One is every, a leader has to have a clear mission or a vision, right? They have to have something they're leading people to. It doesn't have to be grand. It can be simple. It can be easy. But they have to have something that they're trying to move forward. Right? The second, the leader needs to be an example. They have, nobody wants to follow somebody that doesn't dive in it with them. So I always say this, look, if you want your people to be it, they need to see it in you. Mm, I like that. If you, if you have expectations for your team members, if you, I want my team members to come in time every day well, then you damn well better be on time yourself. If you want your team members to wear their uniforms and look great, then you damn well better wear your uniform and look Mm -hmm. great, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because everything that you do that counters those expectations is a free ticket to everybody that follows you to do whatever the hell they want. Mm -hmm. Third and last is leaders need to provide support. Mm -hmm. They need to encourage. They need to give people tools, training, emotional help, whatever it is, they need to help their people do it. And I'll jump back. I think earlier we were talking, I said something about Martin Luther King Jr. And as a leader, and if, if we use him as an example, he had a clear mission. You know, he said it. I want to see little boys and girls holding their hands and we all live equally, blah, blah, blah. That was his vision, right? And then he was an example. I've got a picture on a, on a uh, slide deck of mine of him going to prison. Mm-hmm. He actually did what he expected his people to do. I'm willing to go to prison. I'm willing to march in the streets. I'm going to do all the things that I expect of you. And then third, he provided support. He built a team around him. He got them money when they needed it. He got them tools when they needed it. He was there to help support them. And it's Mm -hmm. a great example of all three of those things. And I think those are things that great leaders do. I think that's wonderful. So that is really valuable. So
1: leaders, as you're listening into this, uh, leaders and potential leaders, future leaders, those are three great uh, examples of what a great leader should be. So if you're not doing that, you want to listen, listen to what Neil's got to say, because I think that's really powerful right there. So those three things uh, you can take away from this podcast. If, if anything, if you forget anything else, remember those three things, very powerful. So, how can people find out more about your book, connect with you, learn more about what you're doing?
0: Well, I mean, the book—it's uh, called The Uncomplicated Coach. It's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million. You can even go to something called Book Baby. You go to BookBaby.com. It, they're a publisher. They're people that published the book. Um, you can get it there. I have a, a page there as well. Um, you can, uh, as far as I'm concerned, you can connect with me on LinkedIn or follow me on LinkedIn. I have a lot, of, a lot of people I'm connected to. John and I just got connected. Um, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Neil Woodson. I think, John, I follow you on Twitter. I think we follow each other on Twitter. Yes. Um, and you can check out my website, neilwoodson.com. Um, there's a lot of different things on there. I post, I only post once a week. So I'm not a big, huge blog poster, but I post once a week. Um, but I have a lot of resources from other thought leaders on there as well. Lots of different kinds of things to to provoke your, your mind a little bit and get you thinking. Um, And if you want to contact me directly, feel free. My web, my email address is neal.woodson w O O D S O N with the numeral one at gmail.com neal.woodson one at gmail.com. So feel free. If you want to contact me, I'm happy to talk more about it. I, John and I talked for about 15 minutes or so before this conversation, I think we could have gone on and on and on. So, yeah, no, it's great. Um, and so what we'll do is we'll put
1: all those uh, links in the show notes so that you can find and connect with Neil. And uh, I really highly encourage everyone who's listening to this to go out and get the um, uncomplicated coach. I think it's um, the ideas, these questions, these discussions, I think are you know, if you're if you're in a leadership position and you're frustrated and you have, um, you know, engagement is low, you don't know what to do, this book lays it out in a pretty simple way to be able to re-engage and to get people involved and really tap into their, uh, the resources that you have within the team. And I think I think Neil's insight has been fantastic. And, um, you know, I think about it this way, and, and I'll just use this analogy. So a ship without a crew is just a cold hunk of steel sitting in the harbor. It is nothing. And our crew brings a ship to life. Our people bring our company to life. But you've got to engage those people. And I think if you get into this book, you're going to find Neil will show you how to engage that crew and get them and bring them to life. So... Uh, Neil, I really appreciate your time and all the insight that you provided our listeners today.
0: Well, thanks, John. I really appreciate you inviting me on here. And, and I, I wish everybody the best, particularly during this terrible pandemic. I hope everybody stays safe and healthy. and And when we come out on the other side, that we can all lead better and serve better and just be happier. So thanks a Very lot, good. John. Thank
1: you, Neil. So that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying, take care and lead well. Electric acid. Electric acid. Electric acid. Welcome to Tuning into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonise your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound.